I hope I can make it through a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your, if I wasn't doing it for the money, I'd be doing it for free, Neophyte Frank. And today we are going to be checking out Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 14, I Against I. Before we get too far into this one, quick content warning. We're going to be talking about religious-related homophobia. There's a joke about suicide, uh, use of the R word, as well as a party that definitely has underaged kids participating in, like, the presence of sex workers. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, But before we get too far into it, Frank, if you'd like to introduce our A plot and our B plot. Uh, In the A plot, the Friendship Club has to ruin everything for Marco. Uh, Mostly one of them. Like, I don't want to lump all of them in. It's mostly one of them. It's Linus. Um, The uh, B plot is Emma and Manny and special guest star Caitlin are trying to cheer up Spike on her third wedding anniversary, where Snake is absent because he's a scumbag. Yep. So we're going to go B-plot, A-plot first. Well, B-plot first, A-plot second, obviously. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this episode. Uh, we start off, both plots start off at like kind of like a outdoor fair that is happening at Degrassi. Um, and we have Emma walking past in the fair and she has a tray of brownies manny is super pumped because she just she just had danny try to guess her weight and he was very bad at it um and he's just like i don't know i guess i don't know why you're expecting it to be right necessarily um but manny just kind of storms off sees the tray of brownies thinks oh great i'm gonna go grab some and emma reminds her that this is actually supposed to be for spike so this is their attempt at trying to cheer her up because Spike is still dealing with the fallout that is finding out that Snake cheated on her. Um, And during all of this, Manny thinks that she has the brilliant idea of inviting strippers. That's it. That's her plan. (laughs) Just, just, yeah. She Um, she uses the term drop it like it's hot twice, which makes sense given the time period. Um, But yeah, that's... (laughs) I'm going to call that she sonics it where she mentions one thing twice in an episode that dates that dates it, just like Sonic flossing twice in Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, you're right. But the thing is, like, if, okay, so if the, the brownies are for Spike, why aren't they at home? Right, like, are you bringing slightly stale brownies that you took from the bake sale because they didn't sell and bringing them to Spike? <laughs> Here's some old-ass brownies. Like, this is what I'm trying to figure out here. Because, like, a nice homemade, like, tray of brownies. Hell, I will take, like, the pre-made, like, you know, the pre-made powder that you just add a couple eggs to and shit. That's fine to me. That's tasty. If it's, like, the nice Ghirardelli shit. But, like, in my head, I am visualizing, like, her just swiping it off the table and being like, yeah, this is a great idea. (laughs) But it's just, like, um... Because, like, we all know when the best time for brownies is. It's when they're piping hot and they're just so fucking soft and they just melt in your mouth. See, I disagree. I actually don't like brownies when they're super warm. I actually like them when they, like, a day later. Not not too long, but, like, you know, still soft. But, like, I kind of like when they have more of, like, a form to them. But I also like chewy brownies. So I feel like there might be a slight taste difference between the two of us. I'm sorry, Donnie. We've reached the gulf in our... And our friendship that cannot be crossed. 
Sam. End the podcast. It's over. Erase everything. We made almost through season five. You know, it was a pretty fucking good run. So. <laughs> no philosophical. No philosophical. I'm a writer. No. <laughs> no philosophical or political disagreement. It's just brownies preference. Well, here's here's something. Okay. Are you a middle of the tray or a corner kind of person? Uh, okay. So here's my thing. I prefer both. So I just okay. find. What I like to do is I find out who who prefers which. I go for the one that more people prefer less. That's very kind of you. I I prefer maybe not a corner. I think corners can get a little too crunchy, but I can do like against the side. You know, like only one side is a little little crusty. I like those the best. I think. All right, we've bridged the gap. We have. Continue the podcast. Excellent. I'm glad we found this middle ground. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so it's just it's a very confusing opening. <laughs> yeah, it's a very confusing opening. It's it's and I don't know how intentional it comes off, but it makes Manny, Emma, and eventually Caitlin come off like they do not give a fuck. They just have this strange sense of obligation because Spike is someone in their orbit to do something. Like they really feel like this whole entire B plot that they're doing the equivalent of like patting someone's shoulder with the broom. Like, it really feels like that. Okay. If you had to make somebody feel better, what's your strategy? I talk to them to know what the fuck they need first. Um, I mean, I think it's a little, it's, it's, so, like, I've been in Spike's situation, right? Maybe not, I wasn't married, but, like, I have been cheated on. Um, And it is, you know, really sad, lonely experience. So, like, the idea of, Doing something to distract is really important. Um, but also, that's just how my brain works, right? I think that it's important to, like, check in on the person and see what they need. And and when you check in, don't just say, hey, I, I'm here if you need me. I think sometimes people don't necessarily know what that support can look like until they get suggestions. So I try to give ideas. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll be like, hey. So, like, what they could have done was, hey, Spike, and I don't expect teenagers to be able to do this. I don't. I think teenagers can do this, and um, I've seen teenagers do this, and honestly, I think, especially kids in this, in, like, 2020, the Zoomers, as they are called, I think they're a little more emotionally responsible than we were, for many reasons, Um, but I think that they're a little better at this, but in general, I think as an adult, Caitlin could have just straight up asked Spike, like, hey, what do you need me to do right now? Do you want to have a party? Do you want to just make baked goods? Do you want to have a craft day? Like, there could have been a little conversation before we started actually we knew exactly what needed to happen. That said, I do understand the wanting to throw everything against the wall and see if it sticks. I think they could have threw more things against the wall during this plot because it just kind of sounds like each person just has a plan, right? It's like Emma, baked goods. Manny, sex workers. Um, Caitlin, uh, sex workers eventually. Like, they all just kind of have, like, one idea, and they're just going to ram it into the situation and into the fucking ground. <laughs> the, the wings are coming off this plane, and we're just going to keep attaching other wings till we hope to make this shit fly. Yeah! It's just like that. It's like, it's not even like, oh, here, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. And, the, and Spike just being like, I need you to fucking stop. I need to just have, like, be in a room and listen to Enya and fuck all of y'all. <laughs> Yo, just send, just send Spike to Enya's castle for the weekend. 
Oh, there we go. That could be it. But like, <laughs> yeah, we going to uh, wait. Do I, I think I have the. I think I have the actual song that this is named after. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Um. We cut to the living room where fucking Manny and uh Manny and Emma are sitting on the couch while Spike vacuums. Right. Like you couldn't even like vacuum. I feel like. Like, after, like, a breakup or a fallout or anything, anything really sad, like, I personally would love if someone would just come in and help, like, a little bit around the house. These two are just sitting there. They have stale fucking brownies on the coffee table. And, like, Spike is just trying to vacuum. And it's so upsetting. (laughs) Like... Okay, so here's my thing. If if they um it like how, how is it that hard to show me that they asked like, "Hey Spike, can we do that?" and Spike's like, "No, I got it. I'm fine." Cuz like my thing is my mom when I was a when I was, you know, a teenager, I would be like, "Hey mom." And even now, honestly, I'm like, "Can I do something for you around the house?" And my mom's like, "No, I have a way I like to do it." I'm fine. Thank you for asking. But I still fucking asked. <laughs> right, right. That's the thing. I think that this, this, I don't know how intentional it was on the writer's end, but I do think that little moments like that would have given it a better, better angle of like, they are struggling to try and come to a conclusion and they're trying really fucking hard. Cause as it is, it maybe unintentionally, intentionally, I don't know, comes off like these three are fucking idiots about this. Yeah, it's just like they're sitting there like fucking bumps on a log. Oh, but there's only two right now. But guess what? The third one's showing up. Um, Doorbell rings. Emma's like, go get it. Yeah, but she says to Spike, go get it. And I I said while we're watching it, because, you know, that's what we do now. I said when we're watching it, that fucking, like, a please would be nice, young lady. Like. Oh, I started laughing. (laughs) Like, I'll say I'll say that to my peers. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like it's it's just like there's there's a little bit of like a lot of bit of emotional immaturity happening in the B plot, and it's like really funny when you talk about it out loud because like I don't I can't tell you either way. You know, like sometimes you see something and you're like, oh, the writers definitely meant this, or the writers definitely didn't mean this. I could not tell you either way what the intent of this plot was in terms of like how how well-intentioned I, I, I honestly th- think it's a bottle plot episode like we can't we can't spend you know like we have all these new this new shit we're doing so we're just gonna have this b plot take place at a set we're already doing for the a plot and then we'll just film the rest of it at the emma house yeah like because this is like after they, after we see them, like, you know, at the fair, they don't leave that house. No, they don't. I was waiting for you to say something, because I know you really pick up on that shit, but, like, since you've brought up some of those things, I've been trying to, and it's like, yeah, no, we do not leave that space. It's like, good fucking luck if Spike wanted to go to a fucking zoo. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> then you would just get, like, um, 
then you would just get like some stock footage of some tigers that the Canadian government had on hand. Oh, <laughs> and, I would love to see that. And Look, spite, it's spite, what? Look, it's an actual panther. <laughs> um, but yo, and also let's face some facts: big cats are like way sexier than male sex workers. I'm just saying in general. Frank, do you have something you'd like to share with the podcast? <laughs> no, but like, look at a tiger in motion, and you're just like, damn. I wouldn't call that sexy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm on another level of stupidity. <laughs> no, I wouldn't use that word. I just, you know, it's, it's I, I do understand. I do understand seeing, like... I'm not saying anything more because this is gonna open me up into something that I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dabble in. Please uh, join me in my tiger sexy corner. <laughs> Jesus, I'm not going into your fucking tiger sexy den. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Anyway, but, so Caitlin show, Caitlin shows up. Apparently, she's just like whatever. Kev Smith, I'm out. Bounce. Right. Like I guess. I mean. Okay. You know she hopefully is able to visit people that's fine so she goes from la to canada fine but she's here but as soon as i see her all i can think about is why are you inviting somebody who cheated on people to console their friend who just got cheated on like i'm not saying that you know the fact that Sp- uh, that spike is still friends with caitlin in spite of all that shit is unrealistic i am not saying that I think we all have friends who have made some pretty shitty decisions in relationships and we are still friends with them. That is fine. I'm by no means saying that. But like the fact that like Emma's like, yes, I'm going to send Caitlin. And it's like, once again, I also understand like, okay, probably somebody like, you know, the actress was available, blah, 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 blah. But it's still, I'm just like, I would be so mad. I'd be like, get the fuck out of my house. I don't want to see you for three months. Like, eventually, sure, we're cool. We're cool. But I do not want to see you right now. Um, okay. If you could make a superstar team of Degrassi characters to help Spike get through this, who would you pick? What's the name of the girl from the original Degrassi series? Give me a second. All right. I have my answers, actually, already. <laughs> so okay. I'm just going to say it. One, Ellie. Two, Paige. Three. A bunch of teenagers consoling. Like, I'm using what I know. I'm using what I know. Um, And three, um, she doesn't actually help with any of the talking, but Alex throws a paint balloon at Snake every time he leaves Joey's house. Excellent. You know what? I'm all for that piece. (laughs) <laughs> who keeps throwing these paint balloons <laughs> no that would be perfect that's exactly what she it's what she deserves to do to just kind of sit there and be like just ready to harass her fucking teacher <laughs> that just feels so right <laughs> I can't remember the name of the character, and I feel really bad, but to be fair, I've only watched the original Degrassi (laughs) once, 
but Spike had a friend who has also appeared in in the original, not in, I mean, in Degrassi Next Gen. I can't fucking remember her name. She had the Chelsea haircut, and I'm, like, trying very hard to search this, because I know somebody is probably going to be listening to this and screaming, but um, she did have a friend who she was, like, really good buds with and was very lovely, um, and they were just, like, these, you know, these punk looking kids and I really love that um but I'm trying really hard and I'm trying to stall but I'm not doing too great at the Lu- stalling uh Lucy no not Lucy because I'm, I'm I went back to because she could only appear in mother and child reunion and the wedding episode I think she appears in the wedding episode okay well you you think about that think about my my question and I will continue telling us what happens in the episode. Okay. So, um, I'm on the ha- Degrassi wiki. We're going to get to the bomb this real quick. We have Liz. A- Sorry. Liz. Okay. Liz. Liz. Liz should have been there. Okay. Go on. Okay. Um, so we cut to, um, <laughs> we cut to, um, uh, Caitlin and Spike are just having some drinks. Um, oh, Liz is in that episode. In this episode. Fuck. What? Liz is in this episode. Oh, just she doesn't get any speaking lines? No. I I entirely forgot that she she is in here. Yeah, she's next to Spike. She's she's the blonde next to Spike. I just I was so like mortified by what was happening. I entirely forgot. Um, damn. Okay, there's also, like, okay, quick content warning. Sexual assault. In her trivia on fucking Degrassi Wiki, she is one of 15 characters who were sexually assaulted, and there's a fucking list of characters, like, just compiling from all the Degrassi episodes. That is fucking dark. That is exceptionally dark. That is really fucking ble- I'm like, trivia! Okay! And then it's like, that's literally the first fucking bullet point. Second bullet point, content warning, abuse. Second character to have an abusive father. God! The original Degrassi did not let up. Like, Degrassi Next Gen is, like, you know, pretty pretty intense, but I feel like Degra- original Degrassi, there, there were a couple plot lines that they did really, really early that it took a little while for Next Gen to do. Damn. Yeah. Alright. Um, so, um, Caitlin is just like, so what's going on with you and, Sn- and Snake? And it's just like, he fucking cheated on me. Like, what? What? <laughs> Um, and but Spike's just like oh like you know and like you can immediately see that like Spike is just what Spike needs is time to grieve like cause she's just like she says very half-heartedly my best friend my girls but brownies wine what more could I ask for Manny is just like a buff guy in a g-string dropping it like it's hot (laughs) There should have just been a part where Manny's just like, look, I've had a last really hard entire high school career. Manny just wants to see some dude. (laughs) Yeah, she really just wanted to see, like, she wanted to see a dude and not have, like, the consequences of dating them. (laughs) She's like, like, 
my my dumbass boyfriend just left to become a musician and I'm alone. I just want to see some hunky dudes. That's too... When does Manny get her chance? <laughs> I just want Manny to go on a fucking Mr. Smith Goes to Washington like um uh filibuster about why she needs to see some like some hot dude action. Yeah. God. <laughs> So anyway, um, guess who shows up? It's Snake. Yeah, like, ugh. This actually made me really, 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 really mad. Um, Because, like, he just comes in. No regard toward boundaries. No regard toward anything. And does this super manipulative shit where he comes in. He has, like, a jewelry box. And he's like, yeah, so I ordered this for you, like, a couple months ago. Here you go. And it's just like, seriously? Like, if somebody is on listening to this podcast and is potentially in a situation like Snakes or any relationship where you may be able to patch things up, do not appear uninvited to, a per- to your ex or whoever, whatever title you're using right now, person. Don't just show up to their house. They will never forgive you. Like, it's like, not even like he knocked on the door. He literally, I mean, I understand he probably has a key. Fine, I get it. But, like, just fucking showing the fuck up. I just be like, hey, guys. Like, you lost that right when you cheated. Sorry. Actually, ah, fuck. There's a lot of good life in Tim Casher songs I want to use instead of, uh... The actual song title. I think I'm just gonna use one of those. Understandable. Um, but anyway, like, but I do like uh, what I did like is that Caitlin pointedly calls him Archie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have gone for Archibald. <laughs> that Understandable. Funny. Yeah, I think so. I think we've had this discussion on the air. I'm pretty sure it is Archibald. Hey, Dahlia. Um, He's saying hi. So, um, Spike's just like, my birthstone, this is perfect, and dumps that shit in the trash where it belongs. Yep! Like, look, I understand, you know, it's a bummer. Shit sucks. Even if you kind of brought it upon yourself, shit can still suck. I get it. I do not want to, you know, be super black and white on this topic, even though I am pretty black and white about this topic. But, like, to barge into someone's space that they are trying to create into something of their own, even if it's temporary, it's just so inexcusable to me. It made me so ill seeing it. And, like, I understand that this is probably something that comes with experience, right? I I don't think as a kid I truly felt as the violation of it. I think as a kid I was just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Okay, whatever. Yeah, hell yeah, throw out that fucking necklace. But, like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, Fuck you, Snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the fucking worst. Um, I'm trying to find a line from a song called The Prodigal Husband. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Uh, it's not our bed. It's not our bed. It's not our bedroom you cried. You gave that up when you chose those other beds to lie in. And lie you did. Had you weasel, had you weasel your way back into me? No, you can't come back. I hate myself when you're around. 
Um, yeah. Tim Casher knows how Tim Casher from experience knows how to write a fucking cheating song. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's just wrap this up because I'm done talking about this. Yeah, all it is is just hey, you know what sucks getting cheated on. Um, so we end up going to um the more the next well no what well, sorry brain stopped. Um, so we end up at Spike going to work. Caitlin is just like, well, I fucked up. Makes a really weird joke about Spike swallowing, uh, hair dye to die. Um, really fucking weird. Um, I, I get it. I feel like people were way more flippant about these types of jokes back then, but man, that's a yikes a to look back on. Um, Manny is further reiterating her stripper angle. Um, and Caitlin, Caitlin's ideas are like a craft night, which is not bad. Like she has ideas. She just doesn't want to fucking go through with them. Um, and then it's like, Manny has a great idea. And Emma is just like, ugh, ugh. And this is like the one time Emma and I are like in agreement for a very long time. Um, we end up at Emma's again. Um, the party is happening. So I looked it up and yes, there are some Degrassi alum in the, in the party. Um, which I was just so like mortified by what was happening. Um, that I was not really thinking about. But um, as Frank pointed out, he like paused it and he was just like, there are like kids here. And that is very true. <laughs> like Emma and Manny are underage. And I understand like, well, no, I don't really understand because it's like, we've had adults be the point of view of different plots before. So, like, it isn't like the rules of the writing says that you needed the story to be from the point of view of Manny and or Emma to tell it, right? So, like, you could have just had Spike tell, like, it could have been just Spike's point of view. So I don't really understand why we had to end up in this weird kind of gray area where we're like, you know, I understand your mother is consenting, is giving, like, parental permission for this to happen, I guess. I mean, she doesn't know what's happening. There's a lot of really big conundrums in this when you really think about it from a legal perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I like I just I just like the idea of the sex workers like boogieing on in and they just see Emma and Manny and they just stop. Out. <laughs> they just like like we'll be back when this shit's legal. <laughs> yeah, oh god, that that sounds way worse. But I meant the situation, not like the girls. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I understand. I I understand what you're saying. But yeah, it's just like I'm just gonna like <laughs> like you're definitely not allowed to go to like like a club until you're like 18 so in theory unless there's some sort of law i don't know about anywhere it's like in theory them coming into your home i feel like the rules still apply <laughs> but um but yeah like after you brought that up i couldn't stop thinking about because once again as a kid i don't think about it because i'm a kid and i'm just like whatever okay here we go um, then I was, like, thinking about it from, like, a, a legal perspective. I was like, man, I hope these, these guys didn't, ha like, get out of, you know, have, like, their business be violated in some way because of this. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, they're, and they're, like, fake Chippendales dancers, you know? Yeah, and, like, little collars and the, the, the black briefs and shit. Um, two of them come out. They got, like, sushi boats and... Kaylin is like, oh, aren't you ready for the dessert? 
and out comes a guy who looks like a very young version of Snake, which I will say, good job casting. It yeah, did. no, he he did look like Snake. He really did. It was really, I imagine that must have been fun to cast. <laughs> Do you look like a beefier version of this guy? Right? Like, let's take a look. Are you a younger version of him? Yes. No. And but, I, I, I just imagine, like, the guy who plays Snake is just like, I know, but hey. Right. <laughs> All right. So, um, the party. Really upset. Yeah, Spike's upset because Spike just wants her husband back. Right. Like, it sucks. Like, she she she's still in love with him. Like, he fucked up, but she's still in love with him, and she just wants him back. Right. And, like, yeah. This, these are not the methods to help her and support her right now. Like, if, if they had been in a relationship and, like, it was over after, like, a month, maybe. But, like, you don't get over a three-year, like, you know, marriage like this. You sure don't. It's uh, it's tough. And also, like, there's kids involved, right? Like, I know Jack was, like, totally MIA during this episode. But, like, they have a biological child that, you know, would have to, you have to figure out what to do. Um, you have an adopted child, Emma, as well. Um, another one, another thing that, because I think she's legally adopted by Snake at this point, right? Who, Manny? No, uh, Emma. So uh, that's, like, another custody thing. And then you have Manny, who is just their ward. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, there is, like... Uh, like the the more you add some of these factors in, it becomes all the more like you know, holy shit, we gotta try and make this work because there's a lot on the line here. We got multiple kids on the line. We have a home. We have all this type of stuff. We gotta try and make this work. I still have feelings for this person, so it's not like a slam dunk. Yeah, fuck you, party, because that's not what Spike's looking for. Yeah, I when you said when you called Manny their their ward, I just imagined like. Snake as Batman and Manny as Robin. And then they're like on patrol and it's just like, hey Batman, you suck. <laughs> good. <laughs> Fucking good. But um but yeah, so Robin yeah. Robin, Mr. Freeze is at it again. Yeah, are you at cheating again? You asshole. <laughs> but um but yeah, so um the last scene of this plot is um, Spike cleaning up after her, her own damn party, which I feel so bad. Like, these fucks hosted her party, and now she has to fucking clean it up. Um, and I was just like, damn, that sucks. Um, and, yeah, she just says, like, you know, I'm still in love with Snake, and she's really fucking upset. And that's that's where we're at with it. Another another Mary Degrassi ending. Oh boy, Spike it's, gets to Spike gets to say fuck. Yeah, Spike absolutely gets to say fuck. Spike percent um, gets to say fuck in this episode. Any more after? I, I I like also to um. I like the idea of of Spike being like, you know what? I'm just going to go away for a while, you guys. I'm taking the weekend. Men, 
you and Caitlin are watching my child. And then she just leaves. And but like the 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 sex workers are like just taking really good care of Jack, but still always gyrating. And like by the end, Manny's just like, um oh, god, the monotony of this has gotten like so unsexy. And he's just like, Have you finished your homework? And just nonstop like dancing in place. It's just like, yes. <laughs> We thought we deserved. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's move on to the A plot, which is just as terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrible in a different way. It's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy is at the fair that we established in the early part of the B plot. Um, and he goes to a dunk take and it's a friendship club hosted dunk take and spinner is the participant as the potential person to be dunked um and jimmy buys some buys some uh balls from linus and knocks one right smack dab on the on the target and spinner is dunked um Spinner is super excited. This is a fundraiser. So he's seeing this as like a big win and he's happy that he's participating. He's just happy to be here. However, Jimmy is determined to keep going um, and keeps throwing, throwing the balls in the target, keeps dunking Spinner and Marco kind of scopes out the situation at distance and zooms over to check in on Jimmy. Um, And Linus is trying to stop the whole thing, suggesting a spinner is tired, it's cold. Um, Lord knows how cold it actually is, because Degrassi, I know, for whatever whatever their filming schedule is, I feel like they end their seasons in the dead of winter, even though they claim it's like spring-summer. So I can only imagine how cold it was, actually. Um, And Spinner tries to be, like, like, you know, he's just like, no, whatever, it's fine, it's cool, it's cool. Um... And Spinner then afterwards with his, like, towel on, as Darcy is kind of, like, you know, making sure that he's okay, is trying to be super friendly, and Marco and Jimmy are not fucking having it. Yeah. Um, and do, do we then cut to opening credits? Yeah, we do. Uh, whatever it is. <laughs> So anyway, um, we get to, uh, we see, oh God, we see the two various groups. Um, uh, Ellie, Jimmy, and Marco are like spreading out pamphlets for a safe sex seminar, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, Ellie and Marco have a conversation because Ellie kind of scopes out the friendship club and she just thinks because they are passing out pamphlets as well um and she thinks that it's absolutely ridiculous um and i do find this little moment interesting and i wish they pulled more out of this because i do find this very interesting in the context of being somebody who's who is a part of the lgbtq community um because ellie is very like religion is ridiculous and marco is like hey like i'm practicing christian like, as we know, Marco has canonically been um, established as somebody who has a relationship with religion. Um, so it's it's interesting seeing that. And I think that it's something that, as somebody who was raised Catholic, 
struggles with because like for me I I had I I still have a lot of like not great feelings toward religion because I was raised Catholic and because I was a person figuring out my sexuality um so I think that there's something actually very nice and um very real about having a character who who is kind of who in spite of these issues is still religious and still has a relationship with it um and I kind of wish it was talked more about how this is a thing between friends because you know, it was a big issue in my friend group if you were religious. Um, a lot of people who were not religious were, I wouldn't say that we were like our atheist bad, but like we were still pretty dismissive of people who were religious. And it's something that I really do, I, I wish I was better at as a kid, but I understand why I wasn't. Um, and I'm glad that I'm better at it now. But um it, it was a really big tension between my friends of like who was religious, who wasn't religious. And um, I wish we saw a little bit more of that tension between Ellie and Marco. I think it would have been really interesting. <laughs> yeah, we got to, uh, we got to cut the interesting stuff for time. Yeah. Grassy loves like that whole uh, argument they had about cultural appropriation. God, but like, yeah, like, I, I want to be clear. I love Marco and Ellie's friendship. I want them to be friends. I don't think that they're like a friendship I would want to watch decay. But the fact that they do have issues and they do have like these disagreements. And I think a lot of the disagreements come down to the fact that like, even though these kids are, you know, are pretty, pretty progressive for their age and for their experience they still have these moments that they're not quite there yet. I would have liked to see more of that conflict being explored between the two of them. Yeah. Cause that's part, like you don't have to be, everything doesn't have to be a friendship ender, but like part of being friends is learning from one another. Like right. they're like, you know, between Donnie and I, there are often times I say some shit and Donnie's like, that's not cool. I'm like, all right, cool. And I learn and I grow and I become better for it. Right. And like, if you want drama, they don't have to be like super amicable on every single disagreement. I just wish that we saw, I, I wish the writers weren't as afraid to show the tension between the two of them. Cause it seems like there have been attempts. I see this as an attempt. I see the cultural appropriation that was supposed to be the season two finale. Was it, um, as these attempts at potential, um, tension between the two. And then it just kind of keeps like, you know, swerving away from it. Um, and it's a real shame because I think that that was a really big issue. I know I was struggling with as a kid and I would have liked to see it done in, in that way, like a more insular way than in this way, which I feel like ultimately makes Christianity, not saying like Christi Christians are oppressed, but I do think that there is like a deeper issue with, you know, not not opening up the discussion more about how like LGBTQ people do find solace in religion and that is also a very real thing and trying to explore that and the complicated feelings about that seems more important to me than this than this plot. I, and I think there's also like you could have done this plot a bit different where you have like certain Christians who have different views like Marcos where they're like, you can be gay and be a Christian and you can be a good Christian and still have sex versus like the more hard line that Linus is like preaching. Right. And it's also very complicated because it's like, 
Christianity's not a monolith, right? Very few, like, you know, no religions are a monolith. There's plenty of different sects and there's plenty of different, like, different categorizations. And the fact that Friendship Club is labeled as a Christian group, but we don't really have, like, an exact title of the type of Christianity it is, um, is also a bit of a disservice in the conversation of religion, right? Like, Marco is... I don't know if I'm assuming because he's Italian he is Catholic, or if it has been established that he's Catholic. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he, if he's... He, sa- he, he says, I'm sorry to interrupt, he says in this episode, he says Catholic over here. Right, he does say Catholic over here, thank you. Um, so he does establish himself as Catholic. So there are, like, different intra-communal conflicts between these different viewpoints of the religions, and their relationships with LGBTQ concepts and things like that. Um, and even what a church, like individual church communities are going to have different viewpoints on, on this topic. So it's like, there's actually a lot that can be said about this. And I think that there's just too broad of a stroke that happens with this plot to, to actually get to an, something interesting. Instead, it, we kind of get a bit of an eye roll on some of the takes of here. Yeah. And I honestly would have been much more interested in that than what where it was. Because, like, as somebody who's not religious at all, like, I'm always looking for stories that kind of more explain what's going on in the for people who have faith. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's, you know, it's the same, the same reason I see, look, look for foreign films. Like, I want to hear a story that's not my own. Like... And this, unfortunately, gave me a kind of the same old song. Um, so why don't we just keep on going? Um, yeah. uh, we cut to Kim, Darcy, Linus, and Spinner. Uh, Kim's congratulating, like, Spinner on, like, helping to raise 600, 860 bucks. Um, Darcy's pumped about how many hungry people they're going to feed. I still really like Darcy. I especially like her after this episode. I really like her after this episode. I I really, really like her. Like, I I think I like her more through this episode than any other episode that I've watched thus far in this rewatch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, she's, she's honestly very, fa- like, she's really good at this. She's very, like, she's trying to come at this from a more realistic place. Um, and I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, Linus praises Spinner, quotes scripture at him. Spinner, Spinner remains humble. Um, and just says, oh, I, all I did was get, get wet. That's a small price to pay for, to help starving kids. And this kind of reminds me of the old Spinner who, like, from season two, I want to say, who mm-hmm. used to give speeches about how, like men should stop pressuring girls into having sex. Right. Where at his core, you think there's a good hearted person, but like, he's just such a fuck up and just does the wrong thing so often that you're just like, no spinner. No. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's spinner doesn't like spinner is like a, at, at his best, in my opinion, is a good example of a character that does bad things, but doesn't inherently mean they're a horrible person. Um, you could still see that, you know, this is a case of a kid who's still learning and still has, like, a lot of room to grow because he's a teenager and because he has limited life experience. Like, that's kind of the thing. It's like, 
Spinner at his best is a good example of that kind of kid, right? Like a kid that probably needs to leave his hometown for a little bit and come back and probably would have a better mindset about certain things. It happens. A lot of people are that kid. I was that kid. Like, but when he's at his worst, he's, you know, complicit in, in potential school violence, unfortunately, because this is like the extremes of Degrassi. Yeah. Um, so Spinner sees Marco sitting by himself. Marco points out that everybody's just kind of gone off doing their own thing. Yeah, um, they're coupled off now. A lot of the Euchre crew is coupled off. Paige and Alex have morphed into Palix. Yep. Which I fucking love. Um, yep. And Spinner, um, Spinner's like offers you know to hang out with him marco's like hey do you still like stupid movies and they bond and go see a stupid movie together yeah it's and they go and they you know they kind of fight about it like who would go see a movie about clown academy blah 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 and they're kind of like bantering a little bit um and it's very sweet they sit in like the cafe area marco gets them like little iced coffees um, and Marco just kind of asks about Friendship Club. Like, what, you know, what is going on with it? And Spinner explains that, you know, you know, everyone kind of left him at, at the beginning of the school year. And it sucked. Um, and Friendship Club was there to be a form of family for him. And, you know, Marco is pretty, uh, you know, it's upset to hear that. Um, and Spinner just is like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, all I really care about is that, like, you and I are cool. Um, and it seems, like, promising, right? Like, that seems like growth. Because I do think that the fact that Spinner is at odds with Marco and Jimmy to be very interesting and very real, right? Like, there, I feel like in high school, whether you... I feel like every friend group has a friendship that falls apart like that, right? And, like, your whole group kind of sides with one person or, like, you know, is fractured because of it. Um, and that shit doesn't fix overnight. It may never get fixed. Um, so the idea of the two... Like, you know, the three of them being... Having this issue with, with all of them going on, I really appreciate the scene. And I like when we see that kind of tension. Um and and you see this chance at a middle ground, but you also know it's too early in the episode for this to be over. So, yes. so you know, I could have really done with another ten minutes of just Marco and Spin hanging out. Right, would have really loved that. Um, but we end up at Friendship Club, and Lioness is really upset that there is a safe sex seminar. Um, I, 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 do you remember when Spinner got him and Dylan together? Yeah, I do. I miss that. I miss that too. I missed it because it felt like growth. It felt like felt like Spinner's homophobia was getting somewhere. I, mi- um, I miss our tender chunk head. I miss the tender chunk head so deeply. I miss that tender chunk head so fucking much. Um, so yeah, Linus is heated. Somebody yep. took his blanket. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I'm not so- I'm not trying to shit talk Linus from Peanuts. He was my favorite Peanut. Understandable. Um, but yeah, so Linus is really pissed off that there's a safe sex seminar. His whole entire thing is he is that classic mentality of abstinence is the only fucking way and marriage is your only, only card to sex. So, um, he is really, really pissed. 
Spinner is trying to look at this from a more, you know, more balanced perspective and points out to Linus that it's freedom of speech. They have every right to do it. We, you know, much like Linus and the Friendship Club could do an abstinence type thing. Um, Linus instead does this super fucking power trippy thing where he suggests that, not even suggests, he tells Spinner he's the one that has to tell Marco to not have this event happen. Um, and I really love Darcy in this moment because Darcy's just like, whoa, whoa, wait, we didn't vote on that. Like, that was not discussed. This is just you running your mouth. Um, and Linus doesn't back down and frames it to Spinner, like, are you with us or not? And, you know, it's just so fucking manipulative because you know Spinner has been talking to him about how alienated he felt, how disconnected he felt, how important this club is to him, and Linus is using that as a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Um... So he so Spinner goes over to Marco trying to convince Marco not to do it. And this is kind of also classic Spinner where right. we see Spinner desperate to hold on to what he has and he'll do whatever it takes to do so. Right. And like he's very like middle of the road at first. He's like, oh, well, you know, you probably shouldn't have it. And then slowly the argument becomes condoms make kids have sex. And like eventually he starts like, you know, kind of just parroting what Linus told him. Marco uses the R slur, which was jarring, but I understand that this was during a time period in which we were throwing that around as a society like nobody's business, um, but never comfortable to hear in 2020. Man, it is tough to hear that word in this it, era. It always feels like a slap. Oh, it's really bad. And like, it was, I, I know we talked about this on the show before, because this is definitely not the first time we've heard this word on the show, but it is wild how much like language changes um, mm. and how a word that we heard constantly really um, has been, you know, I won't say successfully obliterated because kids unfortunately are using it again, but like we have been able to push it enough to the, as like a don't use it that when we hear it now, we're like, Ugh. it's yeah. it's very interesting. Um. And this is one of my favorite things where Spinner's just like one of his arguments is it's in the Bible. Um, like one, no. Right. <laughs> and, and two, I would have fucking loved, because I'm assuming Marco is such a good church going boy that he could just be like chapter and verse. Give me the chapter and verse. <laughs> also speaks to what friendship club represents to spinner right it's not necessarily a religious reason why spinner's in there is he potentially you know does he potentially find comfort in in god in religion probably maybe but ultimately he wants community and he is seeing that his community is potentially going to shun him so then he starts kind of just throwing arguments and if if you know if marco asked him all right what fucking book and verse Spinner couldn't do shit. I don't really think Spinner's really read the Bible. And I don't judge him for it. Because I understand that Friendship Club means something differently to him than just a religious connection. But, like, he, you can kind of see him floundering because he has no argument. He has no reason to argue. He's just going to parrot what Linus told him just because he doesn't want to lose the club. And just, to, just for the Christian listeners, if you also can't 
produce chapter and verse, but you do your best to help people. I don't think that makes you any, like, not being able to do uh -huh. chapter and verse makes you any less of a Christian. No, 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 absolutely not. I'm just saying that Spinner Spinner's relationship with the Friendship Club is more about the community, less about religion. That's yeah. ultimately what it is. And that is okay, right? Like, that's not, that's not a horrible thing. The problem, it becomes a problem in cases like this, where he is now taking on a very, like, sex-negative, homophobic angle. Yeah. So, um, we cut to uh, Miss Hasselaka's office. Well, before we get to that, Marco does say that Jimmy was right for not letting Spinner in. And I think that's really important, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a little off screen, but I do like knowing that Marco and Jimmy are very close and they definitely talk to each other. And I, I didn't realize how much I love that friendship until I was watching it for the podcast, but I really love it. Okay, we can go on. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so okay. Miss Hasselakos is just like, I approve this event. Um, and Spinner and Linus are arguing that the cons are going to make people have go out and have sex. Miss Hasselakos, just so exasperated, just says, giving out condoms not make kids have sex. You are, you two are aware that some teenagers have sex. And she's also like, we had a fucking gonorrhea outbreak. I think we need to have safe sex discussions. <laughs> like, like, we also bring in that, uh, we also bring in Dr. Roof every year and also her associates. Right, like, she's like, God fucking damn it, children. I have um, done everything I can to stop teen pregnancy and STI transmission. Like, I am only one woman, and there's only so many calls I can secure every single fucking day. <laughs> so, um, Kev, like, Spinner call, says, I thought you were a good Christian. And Miss Haslakos is not Marco. <laughs> like, Miss Haslakos just locks it on him and just says, you're on very thin ice right now, Gavin. Don't make me regret letting you back into this school. It is fucking bonkers that he, he does the good Christian di discussion. It really kind of speaks to how effective Linus is <laughs> as a leader. I feel like, like, what the fuck? Like, having the audacity to say that to the fucking principal, it's like, oh boy, that's a yikes. So Linus and Spinner are getting themselves riled up um, to, like, basically to counter-protest Marco's safe sex um, event. Uh, there's not that... There's a lot of talk that they are being, like, you know, um, victimized. The system, yes. the system being against them. Linus is really big on that. He's really suggesting that they are oppressed. His his whole argument is like, if we were to promote abstinence, we would get shunned for it. Like, we wouldn't be allowed to have an abstinence seminar. I don't really know what an abstinence seminar would look like beyond, oh, wait, no, I've been to abstinence seminars because I was raised Catholic. <laughs> I can tell you all about it. I had a couple talk to us about the importance of waiting until sex, until marriage. And different ways that you can do fun stuff, like blowing up balloons and shit. Anyway, neither here nor there. I just had a brain blast of when that happened to me. Um, but, like, he's suggesting, like, hey, Spinner, like, we wouldn't be allowed to do this. You know that, right? Um, and, you know, I, I believe that Linus 
believes that that is true, but I also believe that he knows that it will get under Spinner's skin. Yeah. Um, I want Miss Hesselakos to counter-protest the counter-protest, and her sign just says, stop making so much work for me. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> um, I just want one day where I don't have to deal with a catastrophe. Right, like, I want one day that I can leave when I'm contractually told to. <laughs> it's like my, like, sometimes my sister and I will say something obscene or offensive, and my mom will be like, can I get one day break from this shit? Oh, my God. So, um, Darcy um, tries basically to be like, yo, Linus is turning pretty, like, he's 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 past the Rubicon at this point. Yeah, like, Darcy's also like, you know, Marco has a right. And I, I do kind of like Darcy being like, I like that Darcy's not perfect, right? Like, Darcy's like, I don't like that Marco's doing it, but he has a right to. And, like, I like that we still, like... Darcy is not kind of this mutable thing, right? Like she is definitely somebody who who is more with the way that things run in a school and things, but she still like has her beliefs. Like she's not necessarily backing down, but she is trying to say like, they have a right to it. I'm not going to fight it. There's no point in fighting something someone has a right to do. Yeah. Um, which I really appreciate having her have that mentality. Meanwhile, Spinner is fucking making like anti-sex signs. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, so they they uh, break into the the safe sex event. Um, Marco is just like, "Are you fucking kidding me with this and the signs?" Yeah. Like, um, Spence like we have the right to protest. Um, and Paige points out, "You don't know what you're fucking doing." Right. Which I think really really is important here. Like. It, it really reiterates that Spinner doesn't is just doing this because he doesn't want to lose friendship club. That's the that's the reason why. I still think that he he still is homophobic. I don't think that he is the best at that still. I think he's grown a lot since when Marco came out, but I don't think he, you know, he's truly hit a certain plane yet. But um the, the- it does this mentality is not necessarily his either. The the way I would actually describe Spinner is he's the kind of guy who will say the slur when the person isn't around. Yeah, he's still homophobic, but it's like a different type of homophobic than what Linus is. Yeah. And Linus is going for a very specific type of homophobia here. Yeah. Um, Linus is really oppositional and and immediately locks in on Marco's sexuality. Um, and Marco points out, like, he is also Christian and, you know, pulls out his... I couldn't tell. I was trying to look on the... T- I'm going to assume it's a crucifix because he's Catholic. Um, but he, he, like, pulls it out from underneath his shirt and, and you know, gestures toward it. Um, I, for one, would have loved if he had a saint pendant, but I understand that probably doesn't read as well on a TV. Um, but anyway, he... Um, you know, he's trying to deflect and saying, like, no, you know, I, I'm also a part of this community. Like, it's it's okay. And Linus is just like, oh, they, like, let you into the church, which is horrific. Um, and it doesn't get any better um, because he continues to, like, escalate. He calls Marco a homo. He eventually calls him the F-slur. Um, and Marco just fucking punches him, which 
I have wanted to see. Oh, yeah. No, that was very satisfying, but I'm also surprised you didn't catch hands from Alex. Yeah, like, I, I kind of wanted Alex to either give coaching tips or, or slug something <laughs> immediately as soon as she could. Just join <laughs> the fucking fight. She... <laughs> They they, they they pan they pan over to Alex and she's just like like all right this is it's a fucking brawl let's fucking do this and Paige is like no honey no no stop Alex just fucking jumping the fuck in <laughs> she like breaks a sign over somebody's head yeah um, but it's just like uh, and, but that does lead me to a question mm-hmm. so Hazel. Jay was telling people about Paige and Alex. Right. He told Hazel. I'm guessing Hazel kept that to herself. Yeah. Because, like, they are clearly, like, together in every scene. And, like, Marco points out, like, they've morphed into one. Right. Like. Yeah, they're not super out, it doesn't seem like. It seems like, it, it seems very much like, um, which... Honestly, a lot of people I knew around this era was doing in high school was kind of that open secret approach, right? Like, no, we're not coming out as a couple, but you can read between the fucking lines. We're together. Yeah. That's kind of the energy I get looking at them. Like, it feels a lot like if you know, you know, if you don't know, then you're going to try and figure it out through the gossip wheel. But like, it, it feels very much like that kind of approach. Um, which is totally realistic to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I also don't, I don't feel like Hazel would necessarily tell that kind of stuff. I, at least the Hazel that I like to know. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like something, it was like, what What would Hazel gain from that? And I think that, I don't know. I, I think that I want to believe that, especially because Hazel is friendly with Marco and stuff, like she's not super duper homophobic and shitty about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Spinner breaks, breaks them up. Uh, just to get back into it. Yep. And then tells Linus to start walking after Linus says that he's going to corrupt them. And Linus leaves. And then Marco also leaves. Um, which we like, we made comments that Mike Marco's, such a good boy, he's sending himself to the principal's office. Then Donnie made the very good point of he probably wants to get ahead of Linus. Yep, he wants to get the fuck ahead. He wants to be the first fucking person putting in a, a statement. Yeah. Um, so then we lead up to um, the dot where there have it's like one of those things that teenagers sometimes do where we're very clearly two separate groups. Mm-hmm. But, like, and we're all talking within earshot of one another. Yeah. Yeah, Darcy is just like, you know, you should apologize. Marco, right within earshot. Yeah, you should really apologize. <laughs> um, um, and Spinner tries. He says to Marco, he's not talking to Linus anymore. And Marco flat out rejects him. And it's just like, I don't care. I don't care about your stupid club. I don't care about you. I'm done. Like, and I fully understand, and I I am on the same side as Marco, of just, like, I fucking went to bat for you so many times, and what did you do? You fucking, 
because we also have to imagine, like, Marco had to probably not fight Hasselakos, but the fucking PTA to get that safe sex event going on. Because I'm sure there were way bigger people on the, like, PTA telling him not to do this. And then Spinner just ruins all his hard work. And also, like, everything that happened before, just, like, when Marco tells him to fuck off, I'm just like, yeah, no, Marco has every right to say, fuck you. So, um, Jimmy also throws in and is just like, you're terrible. Um, um, and he apologizes. I guess he just goes outside, um, to just like take a break or whatever. And Marco in his infinite fucking patience says to Spinner, you really are lost, aren't you? And mm. Spinner says, you have no idea. And Marco puts his arm around Spinner, and that's how we close it out. Yeah. And you know what? I don't know where this is going, but my hope would be that, like, Marco will talk to him and be like, hey, when I came out, I was also, like, trying to come to terms with my religion <laughs> and just my life, so let me help you out of that darkness and, and show what a true Christian does. Because Marco is a true Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, Marco's constantly patient. He's giving of his time and his energy and his money. Like, he does unto others as he want done unto himself, especially Linus. Like, Marco's a good boy. He is. He is. It's not a bad thing for them to kind of come back together as, as friends on this one. Um, yeah. And I think that's also really important that Marco is kind of pointing out here, like, you are lost. That's why you're acting this way. Um, and it's like, will teenagers necessarily have the clarity to point that out, especially after they just, like, ended up in a situation like that? Debatable. But I think from a teen media perspective, I think this is really important. Because yeah. I think that as, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the blustery, horrible homophobia that is being slung around in the episode. But the fact that Marco is trying to ground it back to the big point of this, which is that Spinner just is clinging on to what he can find, um, is really important. And I really appreciated that it ended on that note. I think that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he could have let Spinner dangle a little bit. I, I also don't really think that Spinner has proven he's not a homophobe either. Um, little things like that would have been nice to see addressed. But I do think overall that having it end on that note was pretty important and kind of reiterated what I think is supposed to be the point of the episode, which is just Spinner is so fucking lost. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a solid C+. Um, I honestly could have, like, my, my main problem with this episode is that instead of giving me, like, it needed the subtlety of, like, a surgeon's scalpel, and instead we just got a fucking sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really the thing here, is, um, I think that it's just a very heavy-handed episode, and it makes it a bit tough to watch in parts. I, I don't blame people if they don't want to watch this episode. No, me neither. Um, it's tough. Yeah. All right. Wow, there's a lot of characters in this. Um, there's a fuck ton of characters in this. Emma and Manny, I'm actually going to raise a few spots, because they, despite despite the results, they were trying. They really want to make their mom happy. Um, 
and you know they're in such a shitty like it like as somebody who you know my parents had a hard time of it when i was a teenager and you just as a teenager you feel old enough you're old enough to know what's going on but you are powerless to help i know what that feels like and it sucks um so um you know they get they get to bump a few spots for trying um and for um Alex and Paige, I'm glad to hear they're just like attached to the hip. They get to bump up a few spots. Ellie, for not being afraid to express herself, gets to bump up a few spots. Um, Jimmy, for taking some sweet, sweet revenge, he gets to bump up a few spots. Darcy, mm-hmm. Darcy for be, t- trying to be a more moderate, gets to bump up a few spots. Um, uh, Marco for standing his ground and being just the best boy gets above a few spots. Miss Hesselakos for being still being like a pretty stellar teacher gets above a few spots. Um, so that's all the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Spike. Spike, you get to bump up two or three spots just for like finally being able to tell people you need to stop. Like, you need to let me have my own healing kind mm-hmm. of thing. And also throwing out that necklace. Hell yeah! I'm um, about that. There, there's, like, <laughs> as somebody <laughs> whose mother once um, completely ignored my sister's boyfriend giving her an art piece to give to her, to give to my sister... And then my sister cracking that same art piece over her knee. There's nothing I like more than when somebody's a shithead and you destroy something they gave you. Um, okay, so Snake, Spinner, Linus. What? All of you are just so far down. I don't care. <laughs> um, I think that's it. <laughs> Damn. That's- those three are just in in the pits. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ugly. So, all right. All right. So I guess we'll move on to recommendations. Yes. So here's where we recommend things that are either tangentially related or just things that we're doing, watching, whatever. Um, I. <laughs> I started rewatching Friday Night Lights. Um, I am so happy, but I have to be like totally, I get like so wrapped into it. I can't watch it while I'm working or like, I just like want to just watch it. Um, hey, guess what? It's still great. Um, it's on Hulu. If you are somebody who has to be home more often than not because of the current circumstances and you're like, damn, Donnie always fucking brings up that show on that fucking podcast that's not about that show. This is a sign for you to perhaps try and check it out. Um, It's not perfect. It's not. Watching it in uh, 2020, I really see some of the flaws of it. But there's some really, really good stuff in it. Nonetheless, there's some interesting storytelling. I think that technically there's some really cool things. So if you're somebody who likes to write, who is interested in writing, who's interested in structuring teen drama, who's interested in teen drama in general, if you haven't watched it yet, it's definitely worth watching. It's on Hulu. 
Um, and I, as I said, am having a lot of fun revisiting it. Um, so I recommend that. Um, that's pretty much it. I feel like if I actually sat down and like went through my Goodreads and stuff, I'd find a better recommendation regarding the, you know, the concept of LGBTQ and religion and things like that. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any coming to my head, but as usual, if you go through our Marco episodes and go through our recommendation list from the Marco episodes, you can usually figure out a pretty decent amount of stuff to check out that has similar themes that are relevant to Marco. Okay. Um, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to recommend. I'm getting tired. Um, I'm going <laughs> to recommend something uh, that I've been watching with my sister and now with Donnie. Uh, this show called The Circle. Yep. Hell yeah, baby! We've been watching The Circle. It is fun as fuck. Um, just for quick context, what it is, is uh, eight people are locked in um, apartment... They're not locked in, but like they're in apartment buildings. They have no contact with the outside world, except for what is basically a Big Brother series of view screens that they can talk to and say, like, The Circle, message so-and-so. Um, they are competing against one another for a prize of $100,000. And the way it works is that two people become the influencers and they get to vote somebody off um, each, like, every few days or so. And it's just... And people are catfishing. Um, like, there's this one guy named Seaburn who's catfishing as his as his girlfriend, actually, Rebecca. Um, and then there's another woman named Karen who is uh, catfishing as this model named Mercedes. Um, and then there's the best boy, Joey Sasso. Joey Sasso. Who is um, just so sincere and sweet and just so Jersey Shore that we just love him. Sure, we just love him and he just radiates that energy. Yeah. I want to hang out with Joey Sasso. I want him to run me into the club and then run me out of the club. Sounds good. That sounds real good. I'll just be like, Joey, I'm done here. And he just picks me up in his beautiful giant arms and runs me away. Excellent. Um, I've, I watched the first two episodes of the French version, which is also very fun. Um, so I also recommend that one. Uh, but yeah, no, there, it is a wild fun time that uh, we've been enjoying watching together during our... During our time. Sorry, Basil just plopped into my lap, so I have to give her attention or she'll start crying because that's her new habit. Oh. So your cats have not been like, when you when you leaving home? No, not to not to bring, you know, real world stuff into this. I swear to God, I've never seen animals more happy with quarantine than Basil and Dahlia. They are legitimately over fucking joyed that I have been home as much as I have, right? She's giving me a look, like, yeah, fuck yeah. But uh, they are so fucking happy. Um, anyway, well, before I just kind of just devolve and talk about how much I love my cats, Frank, I think you've made it through. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't easy, but we did. Um, if you have any 
questions, comments, concerns, or potential interest in appearing on an episode of I Hope I Can Make It Through, feel free to email us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Um, brain shit has been kind of tough for me, so I have not been as on top of it as I want to be, but I hope you also, you understand as we are all having quite the time right now that we'll get there. Um, if you are interested in appearing as a, as a potential host, we have been kind of fast and loose with recording. Um, and honestly, this is kind of the time to potentially pop on. Um, so if you're interested, please reach out. We will love to have you. Um, if you would like to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can follow us on social media. We have our Twitter account at I Hope Pod. We also have our Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast, um, where you can join. Um, you can also support the show financially by donating to our coffee account. And you can also support us in terms of ratings and reviews. Once we hit certain rating and review tiers, we'll start giving back with some bonus content, which ranges from bonus episodes. Um whether it's Degrassi High, Degrassi Junior High, or it is us doing plotline shuffles, or us kind of going back to our roots as fanfic writers and writing you some fanfic. Because for whatever reason, I went, I'm writing Jay Spinner last season, and I guess I committed to that, and I have to keep saying that I'm going to do it just in case we hit our, th our goals. Um, but there's plenty of ways that you can get involved and support us. And of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you so much for taking the time to stream, download, whatever the hell you're doing to listen to our episodes. We really appreciate it. Ultimately, this is a labor of love that is really a story of two friends getting closer through the magical world of Degrassi. Um, and the fact that people actually want to listen to us every single week is really wonderful. So thank you so much for that support. If you're interested in following me on Twitter, you can check me out at DM is Unbreakable. Um, I am always down to talk about Degrassi, but you will probably notice there's quite a bit of Fire Emblem on there, as usual. Um, and I also want to plug two projects. Um, I am currently working on a zine dedicated to Dimidoo, which is the Fire Emblem ship of Dudu and Dimitri. Um, we have a zine. It's, called, it's on Twitter at Cherished Zine. We are in the process of getting our revealing our con contributors so if you're somebody who's into the fandom or just curious to see who the artists and fic writers are going to be in the project please check out our social media because we're super duper proud of everyone that we selected we really think that they're a talented bunch and we've seen the previews and we think that this is going to be a really really awesome production so definitely follow it and check it out if it's something that's relevant to your interest um i'm also have a, another zine that's up for pre-order which is called rest day um, and all of the funds that we make um, are going to Feeding America's COVID-19 um, relief fund. So we I'm really, really happy to announce that we have broke $1,000 in terms of donations, which is amazing. And I cannot wait to uh, send it over to them. Uh, but we have pre-orders open until May 11th. So if you're interested in getting in on it, feel free. We have two really cool things happening um, where we have some free copies for essential workers as well as healthcare workers. Um, anybody impacted financially by it, if they're interested in grabbing a copy but can't afford it, we have a couple of copies that are up for grabs. And we also are doing a raffle for free fic for supporting our project. So definitely check it out. We're over on Rest Day Zine on Twitter. I'm just super duper proud of the fact that we broke $1,000. Um, and honestly, the more funds we can get to that organization, the better, because it's helping with food scarcity, which is a very, very real issue that's happening in the United States right now. So those are my two big plugs. Frank, <laughs> it's your turn. Um, I uh, have another podcast under, I do with my sister called Teen Girl Talk. 
Um, this week we are doing, or this whole month, we're doing all the high school musicals. Hell yes. Um, well, there's three, and then there's Sharpay's Big Day Out or something. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, it's going to be a very musical month, musical May. Um, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Awesome. So that being said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. The sun hung solemn at noon As you stormed through our bedroom It's not our bedroom, you cried You gave that up when you chose those other beds to lie in and lie, you did Had you weasel your way back into me No, you can't come back I hate myself when you're around But I